All right, hi everybody. So last weekend, Stacy and I had a chance to escape. How many of you wish you could escape? Okay, so we took a few days away, and uh, I think for for three days, I think we went a total of 200 yards. <laughs> I mean, it was epic. So, and and some of you. Uh, helped that happen last weekend for us to get a break, so thank you. I don't know who you are, but whoever you are here online, thank you. The Lord knows, and we needed it, and it was beautiful, so thank you. And Michelle Telfer brought God's Word last week, and we listened, and it was powerful. And a cool update, she has a new grandson who just arrived, and he looks pretty good. So... And, and this is Samuel Colin Phillips. And Colin is uh, Michelle's husband's name, who passed away a few years back, who was one of my fishing buddies. And his nickname was Sam. So literally, like, his memory is carried forward in this little kid who is doing awesome. So praise the Lord for that. Um, yeah, and she's, yeah, she is beside herself with joy and she gets to hang around with her little grandson for the next week or so. So, yeah, just pray. continue to pray. But when you pray for them, just thank God for this little guy and what, what he means to all of them. Uh, so today is a potluck. How many of you like potluck? Okay, how many of you are not sure? Anyway, um, so it's interesting that it, I, I looked up the etymology, not entomology, that's the study of bugs, but etymology is the study of words. And uh, potluck means the luck of the pot, which... Really, in the old days, you're like, I don't know what it's going to be, but I hope it works out. Uh, I think today is going to be really a good experience for our potluck, but I had a picture in my mind of uh, why do we do potlucks? So, so there's something about being in a, in a missional church where we try to get things done out in the community, right? But then we also do some things that are for us so that you can get to know each other. And, and some of them are really meaningful. Here's, here's what I think about potlucks. You are like carrots or a tomato. You are like lettuce or ranch dressing. Now, by yourself, you know, you're good. But man, if I ate carrots every day for the rest of my life, I'm going to be sick to death, of, right? There's something, though, that happens when all of your gifts, all of your experiences, all of your skills, all of your histories come together that makes something beautiful that serves the Lord and helps other people. Potluck is a picture of us. So there's something about, yeah, there's something about potluck that, you know, I had friends in college that went to a Korean church just because they had lunch every week. And it was like they didn't understand anything that was happening, but, but they had good food. Um, but I, I want to encourage you, thank you for bringing some goodies. If you didn't, please join us for potluck. It will be worth it. And if you're watching online, you can still make it over for, for potluck at 1130, and we'll have, we'll have a blast out there. Now, here's the other thing. We still need two more people to help with cleanup. So, and, and here's the thing. When you, when you do cleanup, you get double reward in heaven. No, it's true. So, like, kids ministry, worship ministry, single reward. Cleanup is, like, up here. So, but Ryan, uh, Ryan Mayfield's going to be helping out there, but he does too much. But I'd love to have two of you help with cleanup after the potluck. That would be awesome. Okay. Okay, so if the Lord's speaking to you about that, great. If he's not speaking to you about it, do it anyway. Okay, just a quick, a quick thing about Mother's Day. When's Mother's Day? Okay, 
you got six days to get your act together for your mom or for whoever has been a mom figure to you in your life. There are a lot of ladies that have not been bio moms, but have impacted so many of us. So reach out to them this week and just say thank you. Invite them to join you for church next week. That may be another way of just loving somebody and encouraging them along as they mom other people, because, man, we need it, right? And we're going to have flowers. We're going to have nice roses for all the ladies next week. So what is it? Oh, it's May 8th. That is 7th. That's funny. May 8th. There we go. Okay, there we go. It's May 8th, which is next Sunday. So uh, let's, let's move on quickly and get that slide off the screen. So I, I was planning on continuing in our Nehemiah series this week, which is what we put out in the newsletter, and that's, that's all written and ready to rock, which is great. But uh, I had this thing in my mind the last couple of weeks about Easter, about the resurrection of Jesus, about how important that is in our lives, and about the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus, especially Thomas, because he's always been one of my favorite characters in Scripture that I think got kind of a bad rap. And then I went to uh, Simply Faith House of, Char- House of Prayer yesterday uh, down in Wainimi, which is my friend Bishop Huggins' church, and it was pretty amazing. I mean, we had a blast. And, and he talked about Thomas. And I was like, hmm. And then as he kept talking about Thomas, I was like, you know, I think, I think I need to do something a little different. So I got home yesterday in the afternoon, and I sat in the backyard, and the birds were singing, and I was just listening to the Lord. And just, I'm like, I think we need to spend a little time on Jesus resurrected before we just leave Easter in the dust. Now, we should never, re- we should never leave Easter in the dust. But I just felt like before we get to Mom's Day, before we get back into Nehemiah, let's just take a second and say, wait, Jesus rose from the dead. What does that mean? He appeared to people. What does that mean? He wants to be engaged, obvious, appearing in our lives. What does that mean? Before we get on to the next step. Is that all right with you? Okay. So we're going to get into Thomas today, and I want to have you stand with me as I read these scriptures from John chapter 20, starting in verse 19. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. I think this is one of the understatements in Scripture, right? Because I think freaked out, stoked, right? There were some other words that could have been used other than, you know, they were overjoyed. There was a lot more going on than that. Verse 24, now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. Now, just put yourself in his sandals for a minute. You've seen who? Like, wait, he died. Like, really? So he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Pretty graphic, right? I mean, he's like, 
gory detail. Verse 26, a week later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them this time. Though the doors were locked, they're still, they're still in fear. Jesus came in and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, he singled out Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side, stop doubting and believe. We don't know if Thomas touched the hand or touched the side, but we do know his response. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, blessed, uh, because you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. Amen? Amen. You can grab a seat. So, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Thomas. Some of you may identify with me. I've, I've had a bad rap for, for a little while. Uh, there was a moment in my life when I didn't go to a very important meeting and uh, I didn't experience something that some others had experienced. And ever since then, people have called me Doubting Thomas. Couldn't it have been Heartbroken Thomas or Usually Courageous Thomas who had a little moment of, you know, missing the point? Um, But have you ever been judged in your life based on one moment one thing that people look at, and, but it's not really who you are. People have seen me over the last 2,000 years as a chicken. But if you look in my friend John's gospel that talks about what really happened, there was a time when we were all heading over to, to see Lazarus raised from the dead. And everybody was afraid of going near Jerusalem. And I was the one, not Peter, not James, I was the one who said, let's go. Let's go die with him. Let's, let's, get, let's get this ministry on with, and if we all die, that's fine. I'm not someone that finds it hard to believe. I'm not someone who doubts who Jesus is or what he said about why he came. I was there. I saw the miracles. I heard the teaching. I saw the dead body. Our, our hopes died. Our, our futures, everything that we had planned for, was gone. And, and then these guys say, hey, we've seen the Lord. Now, just between you and me, they weren't the most reliable, <laughs> reputable group of people. In fact, some of them turned their back on our Lord. Some of them betrayed him to death. So I'm going to believe those guys. And, and I didn't have what they had. They had seen him uh, in the flesh. I didn't have that gift. I didn't have that experience. I I didn't have that privilege. I just wanted to know for sure, was it true? Because if it was true, that changes everything. And so so I just asked, I I want to see you, Lord. I I need to see you. I, I need to touch in order for me to really believe that this thing happened. So I'm a thinker. How many of you are thinkers out there? Uh, Sometimes thinkers get a bad rap for asking questions, right? For asking maybe a lot of questions. Um, But think about, in the Bible, Job asked questions. David in the Psalms asked a bunch of questions. God gave us a mind so that we could ask 
questions. I just wanted to know. I just want to know if, if this thing was actually true. I, I, want, I wanted proof. And it's almost like I remember that we were doing ministry out in this one town, and there was a dad whose son Jesus was healing who had been possessed by a demon. And, and Jesus said, everything is possible for he who believes. And, and the man said something I'll never forget. He said, I believe, help my unbelief. I felt like that was, that was me. I believe, but whew, man, help me with this unbelief, Lord. I need a little bit more. Amen. And so, so then it happened that day. Uh, they had been talking about it for a week. And then he appeared. We were all in the room, locked up. Uh, I don't know how he did it, but he came right through that locked door, right through the walls, just showed up right in the middle of us. And of course he said, peace be with you, with a big smile on his face. And then he singled me out. He came right over to me and said, hey, Thomas, look, I know you wanted to see these. And Thomas, let me show you something. It's really me. Do you want to touch this? What a moment. I didn't feel judged. I didn't feel called out. I didn't feel ridiculed. I didn't feel put down. It was the opposite. He, he loved me so much that he came just for me. The other guys had already seen him. And he met me in my moment of despair and hope. And he met me in my moment of doubt and gave me great faith. And my life has never been the same. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Thomas, for being with us today. So I think we should, I think we should get rid of the whole doubting Thomas thing because that just feels funny. Uh, because many of us, are pretty similar to this guy in the way we act with the Lord. Now, everybody's personality is different. Everybody's history is different. But some of us, we want a little more questioning and answering. Some of us, we want some kind of proof that confirms our faith. Um, I mean, we've, we've got a family member that um, we've had some great conversation with lately that's just saying, Lord, I just need to see something. And, and I know that I've seen a little bit, but just push me over this little edge. And I love that because it's faith. It's hope. It's not, it's not coming from a place of doubt. It's coming from a place of, I hope this is true. I think this is true. I want this to be true. And Jesus, will you meet me in that place? I love uh, Thomas's words in verse 28. He says, my Lord and my God. That's his response, not... Jesus, thanks for coming. Or, wow, now I can believe. No. It's not just about confirming a doubt. It's about who, really, who Jesus really is and why that matters. And he moved from a place of, I think it's true, to I believe it's true, to I know. I know in my knower that this is true because he is true. And he never looked back. I mean, from this day forward, Thomas went nuts with the message of the resurrection. He traveled all through Iran. He traveled all through India. 
In southern India, he was run through with spears. That's how he died as a martyr. And the church in India claims to be one of the longest standing, but actually they say they are the number one, you know, connected to the apostolic ministry of Thomas till now. They claim that, that ancient history, which is interesting. Interesting, the Copts do in Egypt as well. So there's like this competition that we'll have to find out in the future who actually is the oldest church. Uh, but there still is uh, the Martoma uh, church exists in southern India. And, uh, and it's interesting, I have a picture of some of the guys that are, have been leading it recently. I don't think Thomas looked much like this. But, but I think it's interesting just to see this, this long-standing tradition, and Martoma just means St. Thomas. So as we think about the story of St. Thomas and this guy who, I, I, like, I think we should get rid of doubting Thomas and just call him St. Thomas. That's, that's good from now on. But what do you need to hear from just those verses and just a little bit about his, his backstory? Some of you... Uh, need to know that you are not defined by your doubts. Some of us in this room and some of the people that we all know and love are deep thinkers, deep processors. And, and there are some who are not. And that's not right or wrong. That's a personality type. Could be part of your history. Could be something that you went through. Uh, some, somebody disappointed you in the past and you're like, I just need to know. And I feel like sometimes the church has not been a safe place for questioning. And that's got to change. Because the Lord gave us a brain for a reason. He wants us to ask good, solid questions about faith. And he wants us as believers to welcome people, not judge people, for asking all kinds of questions. If somebody's in your life asking a question about the Lord, thank him for that opportunity. And if you don't know the answer, say, let's figure it out together. You don't have to know. How many of you know all the answers? But sometimes the enemy wants us to feel like, well, you don't know all the answers. And you're like, yeah, I know. That's because I'm a human being and I'm not God. Only God has all the answers, but I'll help someone and we, together we can figure out some answers. Right on? Okay. Uh, the next one is this, and we talked about this. Um, a moment in history does not define you. A moment in history is part of you. I mean, it's, it's always a piece of who you are, but it doesn't define who you are. You are not a divorcee. You are not a sinner. You are not a this or that. You're not even an alcoholic. If you are in Christ, you are a Christ one. So this thing, this moment, this decision, this, this piece of who you have been in the past does not need to define you in comparison with who you are in him. And, and even in, in this day and age, sometimes people think gender or sexuality is what defines a person. That's a piece of who you are. That's not who you are. I mean, you're Steve and you're Nikki and you're Lucas. Like, in God's eyes, you're his child. You're his, his beloved. Amen. Right? And Thomas was his beloved. He didn't look at Thomas and go, that guy. That guy is a piece of work. I'm not showing up for that guy because he blew it. No, but sometimes we have this picture of that's how God is. That's not how God is. And something we can learn from the story of Thomas is that is not how he is. He comes and meets us where we are, not where we wish we were. 
Some of you need to say amen to that or I'm not moving on. Okay. So Thomas needed a talk with the Lord. He also needed a touch from the Lord. And I think those are two really important pieces of this story. Uh, and, and how many of you feel like, man, I, I have some questions for the Lord that I just hope he will answer. How many of you feel like you haven't talked to the Lord in a little while anyway? Have a talk with him. The Lord waits for it. He never slumbers. He never sleeps. He is always available. I don't know if I would be that patient with us. He wants to hear your voice speaking to him about whatever it is. He welcomes a talk with you. And, and sometimes we just keep it in and we try to get through life on our own. And So I want to just challenge you. Some of you need to have a talk with the Lord. And maybe it's a hard talk. Go out for a walk on a path and just say, Lord, I don't get it. I don't get this, and I don't get this, and I don't get... And you know what's interesting? You're not offending him. You're actually honoring him by bringing him your stuff. If my son says, hey, Dad, we got to talk about some stuff, and he's honest and open and loving with me and just says, here's what's on my heart, I'm not going to judge him for that. I'm going to thank him for trusting me with that. Right? right? And there's something about having these open conversations with the Lord um, that, that we need to get... Uh, that need to become more normal for all of us as Christians. Sometimes Christians feel like our, our conversation with the Lord needs to be pretty prayers that are pre-planned and all perfect. A lot of P's in there. <laughs> is the acrostic for that. <laughs> and the Lord just wants us to pour out our hearts to him and say, Lord, meet me in this place. I just want to tell you what's going on. Right on. And that's where he will speak to you. Some of you need a touch from the Lord. And you're like, I... I haven't felt his presence in a long time. I feel like he's been a million miles away. And, and I just, I just want to know that he is real and that he is here and he is near. Now, the good news is, for those of us who are Jesus followers, who have given our lives to him, and who are leading a listening life, the Holy Spirit's closer than your skin. The Holy Spirit knows you better than you know yourself. The Holy Spirit can speak to you if you are just willing and, and able to listen and have tried to keep, keep your life clear of the barriers that keep you from hearing him. He's already there. Right it's not about going out and finding him. It's about just being quiet enough and willing enough to say, like, Lord, I need you here. I want you here. Some of you right now, you need a touch from the Lord. You need a... Uh, some kind of a, a, a sign in your life. Now, here's the thing. He will not often give you what you want, but he will give you what you need. Amen. That's not just true in finances. It's true in relationship, in communication. Thomas needed Jesus to show up and go, here, look. Some of you in this room, you may need that. Some of you may need something. You may need him to just show up in some other way, like Rick with the 5,000 bucks. You may... The Lord can speak to us in all different ways. But some of you right now, if you need a touch from the Lord, just bring that to him and say, Lord, I wish that I could have some kind of a touch with you in the next few weeks. I, I just want to know that you are with me and that I'm not alone in this time. Right and it's interesting to me that Jesus didn't have to show up in Thomas's life. But why did he? 
Why did he do it? Why is it recorded? Why, why did he go so out of his way to do this? Because he loved Thomas. And how would we think that he doesn't love us? He does. And he will give us everything that we need for faith. Um, let me talk about questions for a minute. Some people ask questions because they really want to know. Some people ask questions because they are a pain. Not the questions, the person. So, so here's the thing. Our, if you have questions about your faith, and we all do, okay? I went to seminary. I still have questions about my faith. We have questions. If we honestly want the answers, and in relationship, the questions lead me towards knowing him better, he will answer those questions. But I have come across so many people that their questions are more like excuses. They don't really want to know the answer. They just want to be a pain. They just want to throw out all these barriers and obstacles and stuff that they've heard, that they're parroting forth, that they you know, have collected over the years, and they don't really want to get to know the Lord. They just want to say, here's why I don't want to get to know the Lord. So make sure that your questions are aiming you in the right directions because doubts investigated lead to belief. Doubts not investigated become anchors that drag us down. So there is a big difference there. Now, if you really desire to talk with the Lord and walk with him, guess what? He is ready. He is leaning in like the parable, parable of the prodigal son, watching for the son out on the, out on the road. Jeremiah 29 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with what? All your heart. If you are asking for a touch from him, guess what? He's right there. He is ready. I want to ask Jeremy and the band to, uh, to come back up. And I want to ask you, just close your eyes for just a second. Just imagine something. What would it be like if you are in your house? Let's say you, some of you watching online, this will be really real. You're in your living room. You're in your kitchen, you're in your bedroom, the door's locked, Jesus shows up. Flowing robes, holes in his hands, hole in his side, just walks in right through the locked door. Would you be a little scared? Would you be, oh my, wow, he's here. Would you be excited? Would you say, Lord, you came on a bad day? He would say to you, peace, my child. Peace, my son. Peace, my daughter. Peace be with you. And you know what that really means? I am with you. He's the prince of peace. And you know what else he would say? He would say, I know you have doubts, but you can believe. And I know who you are, and I know your past, and I know the things that you think define you, but I define you now. You can believe in me, and you can believe me, and I believe in you. Because even if we can't explain it, each of us knows deep down that we're created to know him. We're created to be with him, we're created to love him, we're created to be loved by him, to be gifted, called, sent out by him, to be filled by his Holy Spirit what we're here for. So Jesus, be welcome in our lives. Jesus, bring peace in our lives. Jesus, bring identity and meaning. Be our future.
Thank you for being our resurrected Lord. Now let's just pray for a minute. If you need to have a talk with the Lord, just say, Lord, here, here are the things that are on my mind. Here are the things that are on my heart lately. This is the stuff that I've been questioning. And maybe right now in this moment, you could bring it to him or you can just make a commitment now to say, Lord, I'm going to meet with you and, and I want to bring some of these thoughts and just ask, Lord, that you'd meet with me and that you would speak with me. And Lord, that you would pour into me like a friend and that you would pour into me like a father. And some of you may be in this room, uh, you need a touch from the Lord. It, it, you just feel like you're pretty alone. And just say, Lord, would you touch my life with your presence and with your power? Holy Spirit, would you break through the hard outer shell, outer shell of who I am? And Lord, would you touch me? Lord, I want to reach out and touch you. I want you to be as real as anybody else in my life, as near as I am to myself. Lord, remove any barriers that keep you from being tangible. Jesus, I ask that you would touch people right now. Touch our lives. Touch our lives this week, Lord. Touch our lives this year. May we never be the same as Thomas was never the same. And maybe you've never had this walk with him that we've talked about, that Thomas experienced, that many of us have experienced. Maybe you need a whole new life in him. Just picture Jesus walking into your room, and that's a metaphor of him walking into your life. And just throw that door open and say, Jesus, I need you in my life more than ever. I can't do this alone. And just as best you understand, just say, Jesus, I, I leave my old ways, my sin, my wrong, all the stuff I've done to hurt you and to hurt others and to hurt myself. And I ask Jesus that you'd wipe that out by your power. And we just got through Good Friday and Easter. Jesus, I picture you on that cross dying for all that sin. And now I picture you raising from the dead to show that you have power over sin and even death. And I ask Jesus that you would be real and alive in my life today and that you would be the king, that you would take over my broken life and make it whole. And if you prayed that prayer, just say thank you. And, and ask him, say, Jesus, would you please fill me with your spirit so that I could live this life that you've called me to lead? And, and Lord, would you set me on a course like Thomas to never look back and to always be a champion of you, Jesus, and of your resurrection. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Now we're going to spend a, a couple minutes singing. You can stand, you can sit, you can do whatever you want, but let's make sure that this is our time with the Lord and use these words as a way of tuning in with his heart and with his spirit.